Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. This is Jamie Rosenberg, Assistant Editor for the American Journal of Managed Care, and this week's podcast will focus on transparency in healthcare. The Trump administration has made it clear that transparency in healthcare is a top priority and has since set their focus on several pain points that are having the biggest impact on providers and patients. For instance, since January, hospitals have been required to post their price lists for all of their services online to try and promote price transparency and empower patients to make informed decisions about their healthcare. The administration has also set a focus on surprise medical billing which has made headlines over the last year, including for a patient who was surprised with a $17,000 bill following a urine test and a patient who had a heart attack and was sent a $110,000 bill following his hospital stay. In May, President Trump outlined a plan to tackle surprise medical billing and voiced his commitment to holding insurance companies and hospitals responsible. He outlined several guiding principles to address the issue, including that in emergency care situations, Patients should never bear the burden of -of out-of-pocket costs they did not agree to pay, as well as that in non-emergency care situations, patients should be given a clear and upfront bill with the prices for all services and out-of-pocket costs they would be responsible for. Congress has also taken action. Last month, Senators Lamar Alexander and Patty Murray introduced bipartisan legislation that, among other things, seeks to protect patients by requiring charges for emergency care to count toward their deductible, requiring only the in-network cost-sharing amount, setting a regional benchmark, and holding people harmless from surprise air ambulance bills. To discuss these two topics, we sat down with Dr. David Shelton, patient advocacy expert and president and CEO of Patient Matters, a patient financial experience solution provider. Hi, David. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good to talk to you, Jamie. So, beginning in January, hospitals are now required by CMS to post their charges for services in machine-readable formats online. What was the hope with implementing this rule? You know, I'm sure there's there's lots of thoughts that everyone had, Jamie, but I think at the, at the very beginning, the most important thing was a better informed patient. That the patient, and I think everybody is recognizing and accepting it more in healthcare, but the patient's behaving more and more like a consumer is looking to understand their cost, to get an understanding of it before the cost, the uh, services are rendered, and they struggle to find that information. Uh, CMS to post their charges and those things. Some states have been doing that for a while now. California's had it for some time, and it's a it's a good first step toward pricing transparency. But uh, I think it falls short of the true goal of educating the patient. I think you're right. It has good intentions, but maybe the rollout or the end result of this hasn't been as what was expected because in response to this rule, many hospitals ended up uploading their charge masters. And how does this make it difficult for patients to really interpret and understand the prices they're looking at? No, you said it right. You, you got to start somewhere. So I can appreciate the, the ideas that were there. Uploading the charge master, a lot of hospitals have done that. And I, it doesn't answer, I think, what the patient's real question is. I think the real patient, the, the question the patient has is, what's this going to cost me? And when you're, when you're working from a charge master perspective, I think most people know, but the charge master can have 30,000 plus unique and very specific service entries to, to look at. And for a patient to take that and try to determine their cost, 
they'd have to identify for the service being performed all of the different charge master pieces, bundle them or add them all together, and that would give them a cost. And even if they could do that, even if they could make that calculation, which I, I think would be a challenge for even some hospital builders, but if they could do it, other than the uninsured and the patients that are out of network, very few people actually pay the, the full charges. So the number would, would not really be relevant to the experience that they were going to incur. Right. And so there's been kind of two different responses to this. One, on the one hand, you can make adjustments. And on the other hand, maybe looking at different approaches. So on the former, are there any identified adjustments that you think can be made to make this rule more effective and kind of get to the roots of what it was trying to do? You know, there's, there's several different things and you see different healthcare providers that are putting things in place, but there's a couple of things that come to mind right away. I think that the first thing that would, would help the patient with, with working through this would be to group the healthcare products and the services into units the patient can wrap their heads around, such as episodes of care, procedures, the annual cost of the care, something that gives that patient a quantitative value so that they can understand what it is that they're, they're, they're trying to put together, and then focus that pricing transparency effort on, on the products and the services that are shoppable, diagnostic imaging, outpatient services, knee replacement, hip replacement, things like that, where the patient can actually understand what it is they're doing and, and, and shop based off the need they have, not try to assemble it through a, a myriad of, of information that's laying out for them that they're trying to glue together to come up with some number. And as a consumer, I think healthcare is the only place that, that we ask our customers to, to do that. And the, the consumer, the patient is showing that, that that's not how they want to do it. And they recognize, they're starting to recognize they have choices when they, they go to looking for healthcare help. And what are some other approaches to providing more price transparency for hospital charges outside of this charge master? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of hospitals that are being proactive. There's, there's organizations in the healthcare uh, industry, HFMA, and different things that have been putting things out. It, probably a couple of ones that come to mind right away that, that can really help make this more user-friendly and, and probably drive value for both the patient and for the hospital. I see a lot of hospitals that are, that are putting their estimation tools online, and they're, they're trying to make them patient-friendly. And while that may not get to an exact number because the patient may not understand everything related to that estimate, it certainly gets them to a lot more closer range than, than trying to take the charge master and work from the charge master. We also see patient or hospitals rather that are uh, putting 800 numbers out and actually have staff available to do the estimation calculation for them and incorporate the patient's insurance. And now I'm starting to get to a number that the patient can understand because if, I've, if I know what they're looking to have done and then I can incorporate their insurance and in, I can get the deductible, the copay, and I can start driving down to a real number for the patient to be successful. And probably the most advanced hospitals, some hospitals we work with and some things that we're, we're looking at is, is establishing a centralized pre-access center for patient outreach prior to outpatient services. And when you incorporate that into your, into your hospital relationship, you're actually reaching out and contacting the patients three to five days prior to the service making sure you've got all their current and, and correct demographic information, taking a look at their estimate and, and running it through, comparing it to their insurance. So you get a very exact uh, copay deductible and can give the patient a real feel for it. And even can have a conversation with the patient about their out-of-pocket expense 
and what they can expect and how the hospital is prepared to be able to work with them. I think right. when, you, when you look at it from that perspective, you can, you can give the patient some information where they can make true decisions. And the opportunity for doing that for a hospital is improve patient satisfaction. Uh, you can actually drive census up because people are actually looking for the services and doing price shopping now that, that we haven't done before. Right. I think that's a really important point. The role the hospital and the provider has in talking to their patient prior to the care they're getting. If you could reemphasize how important this is and even just giving patients confidence and trust in the healthcare system in addition to just knowing these prices. For, you know, a lot of times people look at it from their the physician and, and how, how you're you're communicating with the patient to, to prior to the care being done. And I think when you're when you're having those conversations, the physician, the care provider is able to encourage more shared decision making around the treatment options. So the patient's out-of-pocket costs uh, become part of the equation. I think sometimes when we don't give the patient all the information so they recognize follow-up costs, you know, therapy issues, things like that, and they need to be able to incorporate that into their into the decision-making process for what they're doing. Patients, I think, need to focus on their clinical care and not be distracted by the unknown costs. So the faster we have those conversations, the more the patient can recognize, okay, I've got this obligation, but here's how I can resolve it. And I can be successful in doing that with my household budget and the things that go along with that. And then I can focus on getting well. And that's, you know, that's the top priority. I'd, I'd add this. The healthcare providers are incentivized, I think, to help the patient understand their true cost of care. When you look at it in, in this perspective, uh, many of the insured population in the U.S. has a deductible of $2,000 or greater. It's, it's just nearly rare you see someone with a $2,000 deductible anymore. And in some of the, ex- the exchange programs, it can go up to seven, dollars $8,000 for a deductible. Two-thirds of the households in the U.S. have less than $1,000 in saving. And in 2017, the average annual health care spend per household was over $5,600. So if I'm spending $5,600 a year in, 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 for my household for health care, if I've got a greater than $2,000 deductible and I only have $1,000 in savings, I'm going to need some help from my caregiver to help me to understand these costs and help me find solutions to be able to do it so that I don't delay the service and make my issue worse. I go ahead and get it addressed now and and find ways to be able to be successful in paying for it. And so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about today was surprise medical billing, which we've seen that in the news a lot. It's been a big focus of the Trump administration and Congress with a lot of conversations and plans and trying to come up with solutions. For some background for our listeners, how does surprise medical billing and balance billing occur, and how is it impacting patients? Uh, that's a good question. The surprise bills, uh, they occur when a patient receives care from an out-of-network provider or when their health plan fails to pay for covered services. And there's, uh, some, there's, some, there's probably a few scenarios that you typically experience it or you have the, the potential to have the problem Perhaps when a patient accesses emergency services outside of their insurance network or a patient has obtained care within their network but unintentionally receives care from an out-of-network physician that's providing services in an in-network hospital, and that's where you see it occur a lot, or sometimes health plans may deny coverage for emergency services saying they weren't necessary. And your, your question's a good one. There's, there's a lot of statistics that are out right now. But the average right now they're saying is one out of every seven patients are impacted by surprise billing. So if you haven't had it, you at least know someone that has. And you usually find it more 
You're more likely to experience it probably if you're going through physician services and lab testings. Those are probably the most frequent sources of surprise billing. In addition to impacting patients, how does this also impact providers? <laughs> they don't get paid. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're just not getting paid. The, the challenge for providers that, that we see is in just the, the last few years, the patient's responsibility because of increasing deductibles and, and, and co-pays and things like that, the patient's responsibility for payment has jumped from, from about 10% to more than 30% of the hospital's receivables. So it's already an area that the patient is, is obligation is greater than it's been before. And there's a lot of studies that are out right now that, that show that many patients don't pay off all their hospital bills. They'll pay to a certain point and they just stop. And it's, there's even been some that just came out that said um, more than 60% of patients that owe less than $500 don't pay off the full $500 amount. So anything that you do from the surprise billing piece already adds to a, to a complicated area that the hospitals are already feeling a negative impact. Now, with these different headlines we've heard over the past couple of months and increased attention being paid to it in May, President Trump outlined a plan to tackle this, which included several guiding principles, such as in emergency care situations, patients should never, should never bear the burden of out-of-network costs that they didn't agree to pay, and that when receiving scheduled non-emergency care, patients should be given a clear and honest bill up front with all the prices for the services and out-of-pocket costs they'd be responsible for. Do you think this plan would be effective and what other efforts are kind of needed to kind of bolster this plan? And, you know, President Trump bringing it up, it puts it to the forefront and and provides a lot of positive momentum for it. And we're already seeing bills that are going through Congress that are bipartisan, which in this time is a a pretty cool deal, but bipartisan (laughs) legislation that's that's coming through that's recognizing, identifying it. I think the, the challenge or the emphasis, although the president is doing it, a lot of the industry probably believes that the, the, it needs to be resolved by Congress because there's a lot of regulatory approaches that wouldn't address the comprehensive solution that's needed because there's, there's just so many different players that are involved in this and they're all impacted in different ways, but they're all equally feeling the, the, the burden from it. And how important is it for the government to hear from a variety of stakeholders, which includes patients who are impacted by surprise medical billing? And actually, like we mentioned before, how it also impacts providers. How important is it to hear from these different stakeholders in order to make sure that they're successfully tackling this? Yeah, that's a good question. There's there's probably three real stakeholders, when you think about it, that are involved in in needing to bring resolution. You've, You've got your hospital group and they're wanting to make sure that the, the federal involvement prohibits balanced billing and limits the patient's cost sharing to in-network rates. So there, there's work that's going on there. And, and the hospitals want to make sure that the legislation doesn't set hard limits on their rates or their contract practices. So they've, they've got a, an, an interest that's unique to them. And the insurers are coming across as well. And, and a lot of insurers we see right now are wanting the hospitals to uh, make sure that the hospital-based physicians contract with the same insurance providers as the hospital. That's where there's, there's a lot of challenges whenever you, you start looking at what's causing the problem. And the physicians are pushing back because they may not think that the insurer is working with them on a payout plan that, that's in their best interest. And then I think everybody realizes the patient is probably the one that's driving as much as anything because they, they want to know what they owe up front and they don't want to 
open the mailbox up 60, 90, 120 days later with a bill that they never anticipated. And have there been organizations that have taken or trying to tackle surprise medical billing? I know this needs to have regulatory action behind it, but are there things organizations are doing to try and mitigate this in the meantime? Yeah, there's there's some things are playing place. I think there's 24, 25 states that have enacted consumer protection bills. I know there's one in Texas that's on the governor's desk to be signed right now. So the states are stepping up and, and, and trying to make sure they're providing some levels of protection. We're seeing a lot of larger employers, especially ones that are self-funded insurance plans that have negotiated with healthcare providers to minimize the out-of-network expenses. So you're seeing a lot of employers since... So many of us are getting our insurance through our employer, and when the insurance starts experiencing a lot of activity and things like that, the employer's looking for every way to control their costs. So the employer's got a, a real keen interest on it. And I guess, Jamie, like we talked earlier, some of the hospitals are pushing for their in-hospital physicians to contract with the same insurance carriers as the hospitals with. And and I can understand why the hospital do that, and I can understand why the physician would push back but if we could get over that hurdle, that would stop a lot of this near instantaneously. It's just an issue with the rates and reimbursement that the physicians want to make sure that they have the ability to be able to represent themselves and, and to be able to maximize their opportunity as well. So that's actually all the questions I had for you. Was there anything else? Um, it's kind of a loaded question between transparency with hospital prices, hospital services prices, and surprise medical billing that you think is important to bring up or mention? You know, Jamie, I think the probably the number one thing in, in going back to where we first started is the patient is behaving as a consumer. The consumer has choices and their choices are not only when do I get care, but where do I receive my care from? And we've, I've heard people that push back on the consumer mindset, but anytime that I've got uh, high deductibles and don't have a lot of money in my pocket, I'm going to behave like a consumer and make consumer-driven choices. As healthcare providers recognize that and start finding solutions to help the patients better understand their pricing, the transparency issues will drive themselves. Because just like when we travel, we're all using our cell phones to, to register for our, our airfare, to buy our tickets, to even use for a boarding pass, that industry has, has shown that the, the customer will react to the technologies put out in front of them. Healthcare have the same thing. Healthcare is not easy. It's complicated. But there are ways to put tools in front of the patient or the consumer to allow them to be successful and, and ultimately to reach the hospital's goal of providing great quality care and being reimbursed for it. Great. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and talking with me today. Thanks for your time, Jamie. To learn more about healthcare transparency and what was discussed during this podcast, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. You can get in touch with us by emailing info at AJMC.com or by following us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And finally, if you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Thanks for tuning in.